Welcome to episode 66 of North v South, the podcast about but not about design with Rob Turpin and John Elman. Good evening, John. Hello, Rob. How are you? I am tickety-boo. Yes. Uh, my feet are a little sore from uh, a good amount of walking today. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I'm good. So we had a little... We had a little field trip today, which we're going to talk about a bit later. Yeah, it was very nice to uh, to meet up, have a bit of lunch, go to the design museum, uh, chat about the podcast and about Ellie Press. We didn't actually talk about the podcast, did we? I think we, we come up with any <laughs> new episodes. Yeah, uh, but yeah, always good to catch up. So we'll be talking about that a, a little bit later because our main topic is a, a bit of a chat about the design museum and our. Our opinions on it. Um, so, how's your week been? Uh, yeah, it's been very busy. Lots of client work on the desk. Um, lots of prints going out. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, there's been a red cross on the house for a couple of weeks now mm. with illness and stuff. So, um, yeah, just been just been doing that really. Nothing, nothing major. Uh, I finished um, Inktober. Which I thoroughly oh, job you did too. Oh, thank you. I, I, I enjoyed that a lot apart from social media. <laughs> but uh I, I found some good art through Instagram and I decided I'm gonna make a book of the uh, drawings, like a little history of printing. So look yeah. out for, look out for that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, I'm gonna be using um blurb. Print on demand almost. Print service mm. for books. They're quite nice. I think I've made them before for clients. What have you been up to? Well, uh, not a lot. It's been uh, as a shortage again last week. Uh, finishing off and working on some commissions, but very little else really. It kind of uh, again because I'm commuting here and there. Kind of managed to get through some some reading. So I'm reading Hilary Mantel's "Bringing Up the Bodies" now, which is the sequel to Wolf Hall, which I absolutely adored and bringing up the bodies is every bit as good she's an absolutely incredible writer i think um just uh so sort of evocative of the time she really puts you in uh was it 16th century england mm. i haven't read the i haven't read the second one so uh, and weirdly i because of train issues at some point earlier this week i ended up walking up from bank in the city of london up to shoreditch to the office and walked past austin friars which is where thomas cromwell's house was no longer exists but um it was kind of nice to have that little um Mm. kind of connection between now and then yeah i think Um, it it got it in the great fire of london didn't it did it yeah yeah um yeah but that's been about it for this week i've been drawing lots of spaceships um, which is good. So I'm going to turn some of those into prints and stickers, maybe. Um, yeah, that's it. Have you got a beer? We haven't talked beer. Oh yeah, I've got um, a beer, a cherry beer. I've had oh, to yeah. steal one of Jessica's. It's a Bacchus cherry beer from Belgium. Yeah. Very nice, okay. nice and sharp. And yeah. okay, yeah, it's not sweet. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not generally a fan of uh, fruit beers. Um, I've got uh, a Gads. Number three, uh, which is a, a premium pale ale from uh, Ramsgate, which is quite nice. Yeah, not too hoppy. 
It's a little cold though, because I've only just this second got it out of the fridge, so it's a bit too cold for an ale, really. Um, now, before we get on to news, um, we'll have a little shout out for, we're going to do a question and answer episode. <clears throat> we haven't really um, discussed what sort of questions we want from our listeners, but um, whatever they send in, we'll answer. <laughs> so if you're listening and you've got a question for us, whether it's about one of the episodes that we've previously done or maybe a, an idea for an episode to uh, for us to do in the future or a topic that we've covered or a question about design or a question about uh, podcasting and how we go about putting things together, then get in touch. You can get in touch with us on Twitter and Facebook um, and let us know. So send your questions in. Um, we'll feature as many as we can in our Q&A episode, which is probably going to be the next one after this, I think. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, don't be shy. No. We, need, we need it. <laughs> we need content. <laughs> uh, like something else we're going to talk about later. Uh, so yes. um, uh, what else has been going on? No, nothing really. Um, uh, I've been watching Mindhunter on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, really thoroughly enjoying it. Yeah, I'll um, give that a go next. Very stylish uh, and lots of good chat about uh, serial killers. Which is always fun. Yeah. Weirdly. They are fascinating, aren't they? There's a lot of smoking in it. It makes you feel quite wheezy. Yeah. <laughs> as much as much smoking in this as there was drinking in Mad Men. I never saw Mad Men. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'll give I'll give Mindhunter a go. Mm-hmm. Um, news? You got any news? News? Well, the first thing I'll talk about is it kind of uh, raised a few eyebrows on Twitter this week, which is um, uh, a new computer algorithm um, called Enhanced NetPat, developed by scientists at the Max Planck Institute for Intelligent Systems in Tübingen. Um, they've developed this algorithm which can... Uh, in create so if you've got a very low res pixelated image, they can use this algorithm to produce a high resolution image. Nice, oh, give so it to my clients. <laughs> give it to a lot of clients, <laughs> and it's incredible. Um, the results are, are astonishing, really. So the article that I read about it in is uh, on Petapixel, and it, it talks about the fact that it doesn't produce an accurate result in that uh, the example that it's got on the <clears throat> on the in this article is a picture of a, a bird and they show the the original high res and then they show this low res very pixelated image um, and then they show the version that's been enhanced using this algorithm and it at first glance it looks like a high res image and then you kind of look at it and it's it's not quite accurate but it is um convincing so i think for certain applications it's it's incredible what do you think yeah no i think it's it's astonishing isn't it the machine learning what's what's happening yeah. at the moment but I'm, I'm guessing that that means that they can you know for example something like security cameras or mm. for um you know reverse cameras or whatever they can put these yeah. cheaper sensors in and then let the computation done be done in the cloud or wherever yeah that's it it's very uh, sort of sinister applications it could be put to, mm. but um, but yeah, it's uh, incredible it's stuff. Super clever. I, is there a film of it on there, or is it just the pictures? 
No, just the pictures mm. um, and uh, an article of um, stuff. It doesn't really talk about applications. Right. Um, but, yeah, I think you, you bang on there about uh, kind of security service stuff. You, you kind of see that on films, don't you, and CSI and stuff where they, they take an image and they just, can you just increase the resolution on that? It's like, yeah, oh, just yeah. zoom in. Mm. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. It'd be good when I get sent all the, uh, you know, people stripping off uh, GIFs off websites and wanting to use them as exhibition graphics. Absolutely. Ad nauseum. Just, just res it up. <laughs> uh, what you got for us? Uh, the V&A have bought a uh, a bit of architecture. They've bought a three-story section of a, bl- a brutalist block of flats. Um, yeah, uh, it's just in the news. My wife sent me this this evening. Um, they are going to display it at the museum. But whether they're going to display it inside or outside... How? Uh, maybe, what? Maybe, yeah, it's like a chunk of um, uh, Tower Hamlet's block um, and uh, in Robin Hood Lane... Wow. Uh, which is way out east, isn't it, somewhere? Yeah. Um, yeah, and they, they're slicing it up, uh, Rachel White Reed style, and uh, yeah. going to be displaying it. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's quite interesting when you see things so out of context like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of makes you look at them slightly differently. Yeah. Uh, also, Justin in the news desk was um, uh, his first uh, self-driving bus in Las Vegas. As, uh, yeah has had a crash two hours after its launch. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This is unfair because it was actually a truck driver who drove into it and it just stopped because it didn't know what what else to do. And I think only a bumper was damaged. But um, this is the kind of uh, news filler that uh, newsrooms are going to love over the next 10 years as as self-driving cars come out. Because it's just the, you know, there's no... uh, Computers are great, but humans are idiots. Mm. It'd be interesting to see if when they become a little bit more ubiquitous, how uh, traffic incidences uh, decrease. Because they say they're, you know, they're much, much better drivers than humans. Um, at least that's what Tesla is saying about theirs. And Google, I think they're you know, going to be a, a thousand times safer or something. Then. But, have, but you, like you say, have you been on Darwin Awards? <laughs> Uh, yeah good point Uh, a video that I came across I think Daniel Mather or Mather the screen printer um, tweeted it and it's called How Ink is Made and it's a video from the printing ink company they make ink for you know big industrial printers and they, they produce Pantone inks and it's one of those incredibly kind of luscious videos it's not quite the kind of kickstartery soft focused stuff but um it's it's just got some beautiful uh scenes of this kind of gorgeous pigments oozing through uh milling machines and stuff and it's quite a fascinating little look into how ink is made and how they you know ensure that the the granules of pigment are kind of evenly distributed in the, the medium and really good little uh, interesting video. So oh, how wow. ink is made. You can just Google how ink is made on the give that a, YouTube. Uh, give that a watch. Yeah, really nice. It's like, yeah, watch, like watching ink dry. It. Isn't it? Yeah. But it's uh, just the kind of unctuousness of the inks is gorgeous. From the sublime to the stupid, uh, Snapchat's um, great uh, 
<laughs> great idea of their their uh, their wearable technology, their spect oh, yes. their silly spectacles. Um, they've announced this week, I think it was last Wednesday, uh, a forty million dollar pay down and loss on it. Oh, on, on stocks sitting around. Well, the the CEO said they'd sold one hundred and fifty thousand, but it appears that he was telling porkies. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, I'm not sure that's true. But um, anyway, yeah, they've um, they've written off that stock, which is uh, pretty stupid. Um, but you know, stupid is as stupid does, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At um, some point, someone is going to make the perfect kind of wearable uh, spectacle. Google Glass sort of thing, aren't they? And it's it'll yeah, it's good. take off. It's just gonna. It's just a case of miniaturizing it sufficiently and making. But nobody it wants it. That's the thing, do they? Yeah, but no one thought they wanted a computer in a phone. Well, they did. They always did, didn't they? You know, well, the PDAs and uh, Newtons of this world. But well, yeah, but maybe there's a there's a hidden uh, segment of the population that dream of being Geordie LaForge from Star Trek The Next Generation. There is that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, my next bit of news, we haven't done a Kickstarter for a couple of weeks, I don't think. So I've got the most over-engineered, over-expensive mechanical pencil that you could ever <laughs> wish to not buy um, on Kickstarter. I clicked this because I, I was uh, I, I really am enjoying these ridiculously over design things. Um, it's uh, it's how, how much is it? It's uh, eighty dollars. No, it's more a than mechanical that. pencil. It's one hundred and fifty dollars. I know you can get it. There's still uh, an early version, right? Um, pencil for a, for a stainless steel, copper or bronze pencil. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're milled from a, a single piece of metal. And they've got a little eraser on the end, on the end of the clicky cap, and it's been kind of machined and brushed so that when you screw the the tip bit into the barrel, you can't see the seam. Um, yeah, but it's, uh, it's a pencil. Mm. Um, I just don't... It's another one of those things that I I struggle to see why anyone decided to do this or why anyone thinks, well, oh, I'd really like one of those surely there are thousands of other people that would and yet and yet uh 1281 people have backed him to the tune of 156,000 dollars so far wow good he's, for him he's only halfway through so well, um shows that people do want that it does doesn't it kickstarter is uh is astonishing in that regard doesn't it it keeps proving us wrong <laughs> mm -hmm. what do we know yeah i don't know um, sensible things that have launched this week. Uh, I saw that um, there's a new creative business um, being launched um, in Falmouth University, which is a great design university in the UK, uh, called mm. Main Creative, M A Y N hyphen creative.com. Uh, and it's a photography based, uh, looks like a sort of um, uh, editorial style. Mm hmm. <laughs> Sorry, that's my daughter's out of bed <laughs> shouting my name, um, and uh, yeah. So, and uh, so, I, I think that's really positive to see that that they are actually going to uh, going to use um, students' work in. A, I think it's great. Yeah, in a in a, and they're going to experience um, commercial work uh, rather than yeah, and and be uh, you know properly rewarded for it. 
Yeah, you can choose. You can choose two tiers. You can choose associate photographers who are obviously I don't know whether they're first years or second years, and then you can uh, choose more experienced, maybe postgraduates. Yeah. Um, so there'll be two different price tiers for for buying their work. And on on the site, if you go to their site, it's really strong. Um, uh, all of a similar similar style, but it's strong photography. And, yeah. Uh, and I uh, wish them all the luck. Absolutely. Yeah. Great stuff. And I think, I think I uh, think Maine means something, doesn't it? It's Cornish it mediator in Cornish. Ah, right. Okay. So yeah. So they they they're being they've got um, advisors uh, from throughout the design and photography uh, industries helping them out, which is cool to see. Hmm. Well, this could have been a website of the week, but I'm, I'm I'll just throw it in as a bit of news. But I've been actually following this Twitter account for a while now, um, and it's called Medieval Deathbot. Um, Really? It's just fantastic. It's like the best band name ever. Yeah. Um, so it's a Twitter account, uh, which is a, a bot, so it automates its tweets, and although I think there's a bit of human input. Uh, and it calls its data from it, for its tweets from Google Books or Open Library from uh, historical records, and it tweets medieval deaths, which sounds terribly dark and grim and morbid but it's quite fascinating and um it's quite strange to see them just kind of pop up in your twitter feed out of context and kind of strip down to you know 140 characters or less or 280 characters or less now so there's i just put a couple of examples here john died 1297 of a deep wound to the belly run into by an ox being brought to slaughter or hervey cook of john de seagrave hit on the head with a now, what is a towel word, John? I, I have no idea. Come on, you've got medieval experience. No, I don't know. Uh, hit on the head with a towel word by John Bradacore, clerk, after an argument over a strong box in 1300. <laughs> so it gives you these beautiful little insights into the into the the ends of lives in uh, medieval times. Yeah, people were dying in stupid ways even then. Absolutely, they were. Uh, <laughs> no, it's fascinating. It seems to be something to do with um, firewood. Maybe. All right. Which would kind of work, wouldn't it? Hit over the head with a bit of wood. Yeah. Yes. Tall wood, maybe. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so did you have any other news? No. There's there's a rare, if you're a fan of Christopher Nolan, there is a, a documentary that someone has made about the films of Christopher Nolan. And like some of his films, which are quite lengthy unlike Dunkirk, uh, it's four hours long. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's on Vimeo. You can you can watch it. It's the director series, Christopher Nolan, the non-linear neo-noirs, which isn't that easy to say. Um, but yeah, so if you're a Nolan fan, go have a look at that. Four hours, keep you out of mischief. Wow. Should we talk about our, uh, our little field trip? Yes. <clears throat> Go on, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, the Design Museum in London has recently moved to just right in the bottom uh, right-hand corner of um, uh, Holland Park and just uh, just literally off um, High Street Kensington. Kensington High Street? Yep. High Street, one of those. Uh, and it's in a sort of weird courtyardy sort of style of two large um modern um residential blocks which look very square and uh and 
modern. And then this thing is uh, obviously an old shell of was it the you were saying it was a commonwealth, commonwealth the commonwealth institute, institute. Uh, so it looks like a it's kind of a cantilevered um building with large sort of um buttresses angled buttresses sticking out uh with a sort of reminiscent rather of a municipal swimming pool really yeah just on a slightly grander scale yeah uh and a very uh, unassuming fascia um which is you know the coffee shops probably more dominant than the mm. uh, than the actual entrance to the design museum there's no actual apart from a few banners there's no actual announcement that this is a you know the center of um british design <laughs> uh museum in 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 the capital um and it just seems like a backwater to me um it is uh, a strange location i mean i guess it was in a strangeish location before because it was it was kind of out in uh by the thames uh town Butler's Wharf, wasn't it, next to the Tower Tower Bridge, um, which is, a, I guess, apart from going to the Tower of London, is a, a bit of London a lot of people won't go to. But, um, yeah, this is even more. I guess it's in it's in a an attempted museum district, isn't it? It's not far. I guess from, so, but it's, it's kind of on the edges of that, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Um, it's not easy to get to uh, from, well, it is, it's easy-ish, but it's a pain. It was a pain in the ass to get to today. <laughs> um but yeah so 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 externally it's it's a really it's a bit of a a a damp squib or a damp squid uh yeah it is it's um it's not the prettiest of buildings um it's it's kind of one of those 60s buildings that you often see uh demolished to with little opposition yeah, and then they've brought those. Obviously, the same staff are there. Um, and when I've been to the one previously, um, they're very disinterested in the fact that you are a visitor. Uh, it was very uh, nonchalant, wasn't it? Our uh, buying the tickets and stuff. Um, the whole feel of the place is like that, though, isn't it? You, as a visitor, you feel secondary to the to the the building itself. I think he, the, I the think even so, yeah I think before because you used to have to pay even to see any of the exhibits and now it's yeah. free um and and they're even more disinterested so you 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 go into this large atrium and the interior is absolutely beautiful um it's very so from outside it's quite angular and then inside it's very boxed off um apart from the vaulted ceiling um but it is quite interesting it's all panelled beautifully in uh, what what's the wood I don't know what it, kind of wood Let's it is call it Canadian beach <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, it's, it's incredibly beautifully detailed yeah um but it's it's like a pea in a tin as there's very little in it you, you feel like you're rattling around and we went to what was the exhibition called that we so went, we went to? to the beasley uh design of the year exhibition which is the annual exhibition of the the best things that have been designed in the previous 12 months now sponsored by the Famous company, Beasley. <clears throat> so no you, yeah, you head down into the bowels of the building. Um, so you go through the sort of cloakroom and toilet area. There's no indication of where you're meant to go, apart from just a sort of corridor, a very thin, narrow corridor that you go down yeah. into. And you're suddenly into this really strange, zigzaggy space, uh, which is decorated in kind of, it looks like, glue and blown bits of paper so it, it doesn't almost... look like insulation doesn't it 
Yeah, it's like resemble. It's it's kind of organic. It's almost like a, a Adobe, you know, sort of style um, mm. uh, render. Uh, and um, and then this very sort of old fashioned way of displaying all of the different exhibits. Uh, you're given a piece of paper with sixty names on it to vote for. Um, when you're only allowed to vote for one thing. And they're all out of order. <laughs> so it's, like, it's really hard. So the, to... the exhibition itself is themed. So things are grouped into themes of, I can't remember what they were now. There was activism, wasn't there? There was uh, architecture. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember what the others were now. That really didn't um, stick with me that well. But then when you get given the voting leaflet, things are, are, are grouped into entirely different categories, which is really helpful. <laughs> when you're looking for the one or two things that we thought were worthy yeah uh, there, yeah there were some worthy things in there but it was very um uh concept based yes and i'm guessing that's a problem with if you're going to have a design of the year uh it during that concurrent the, during that current year it it the fact that it it's very hard for that object to have or that that, that particular a piece of design to have taken off within that year and to have made an impact yeah yeah but still you could at least only feature products that are actually out there yeah i mean there was what was the uh the most ridiculous thing uh, there was an imaginary beer um with a, a kind of made up advertising campaign yeah um there was a, a concept design for a water taxi, but that's all it was, a design. Um, there was just some very strange things. I mean, obviously, you get the kind of weirdly kind of slightly pretentious design stuff, like a, a pen whose ink is made out of car exhaust soot, you know, to highlight uh, pollution and things like that. Um, but I think... Particularly, I mean, there was an, uh, one of the themes was activism. And I think one of the problems with a lot of the the entries in, well, not entries, but the, the nominees for this is that, yes, they were worthy and some were kind of important or interesting, but they weren't, they were, they weren't there because of their design. You know, there was a copy of the New York Times magazine, which had done a, a special on was it, was it on refugees or something? I can't even remember what it was about. But it wasn't there because of the the quality of the editorial design or because of the photography. It was there because of the content, and that's not about that's not design. Mm. That's journalism. Mm. Uh, and there were a few things like that that that, that were there, and it, as if they'd been judged on entirely different merits than design. Yeah, well, it was a lot of them were chosen by sort of celeb designers, weren't they? Yeah. Um, like for example, the, the probably the most ridiculous thing there was a um, like a, a mannequin that uh, was a puppet <laughs> that was uh, did catwalk, and I thought, oh, that could be quite interesting, you know, a catwalk that's a robot that you know is just literally wearing clothes. But no, it was just a puppet with yeah. sticks that people then manipulated and manipulated really rather badly. Yeah, um, that's not design. Uh, yeah, yeah, what is that? <laughs> it's just stupid. Um, and then, but then you have like touches of brilliance, like um, uh, a Spanish design company um, using uh, sort of detritus off the ocean bed, 
uh, to create um, material and making yeah. clothing out wow. of it, which is, you know, really, really great to see. And, you know, they actually had the clothing there, which felt just like cotton, didn't it? Mm. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, and then sort of little glimpses of, of genius with uh, like a, a drone that monitored um, migrants crossing the Mediterranean and it had an ability to drop food and um, life jackets, life apparently. Jackets, yeah. But it was just a concept. It, 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 yeah. it was tiny. It would have dro- dropped one life jacket. <laughs> it's like, oh, two, two, probably. Two, yeah. But, you know... That that's not a, that's not a working example, is it, of something? Um, no, absolutely not. Uh, there was a there was a little video, wasn't there, um, put together about the design of the year uh, award, and whoever is in charge of it and the, the guy that was presenting this video kind of admitted that they get it wrong seemingly more often than they get it right. The the, the uh, chosen the chosen product. Yeah. So last year's winner was the. Um, was it the IKEA uh, built? Yeah, because I, so I think they had a shelter outside, didn't they? When we first announced it uh, last year, yes. when it launched, they had yeah. they had one built outside, and we we lauded it as a yeah, as a brilliant it. bit of design. But apparently, it's been a bit it, of a failure. It just doesn't work. Um, <laughs> I don't know why they didn't no. sort of extrapolate on that, but it doesn't you know serve its purpose. Um, yeah. And he said, but, you know, it's fine because people will, will learn from that and, you know, better shelters will be made. But that's pretty poor. And then they talk about the fact that they didn't pick the iPhone when it was launched. They picked the one laptop per child project. <laughs> Obviously, the iPhone has gone on to change everything. And the one laptop per child project didn't really get going. Which is... it. It's crazy because um, you can see why the no, the noble choice would be to choose a laptop that is given yeah. out to children uh, in um, developing countries. And yeah, it was a fantastic and noble enterprise that ultimately went wrong and didn't work, um, most notably because the product was too complicated and too expensive and, you know, and needed maintaining because it was a computer. Um, and the fact that they missed you know, revolutionary uh, introduction of a brand new device that is now ubiquitous around the yeah. world um, is pretty damning of their judging capability because the reason, and, and the reason I'll argue why is because the top part of the top part of the museum is filled with iconic, you know, branded uh, electronic goods that mm. have been successful. So for example, the Sony Walkman, or Dieter Rams's radio or alarm clock or um you know the PlayStation or you know these objects that are that are held by millions of people and used by them daily those are successful design uh, products but i didn't yeah. see any of those in the design award um, no if you can't judge a, a design by its worthiness no and that, that seems to be a huge part of how things are nominated yeah the building itself is inward looking uh, and you feel like you are an unwanted visitor there. There's two stories and you end, you go up onto the first story and there's nothing there. There, there was some photographs of the building being uh, refurbed or before it was refurbed. Yeah. And then opposite that in a gallery were, was a, an exhibition about Jon Snow's ties. And that's not Jon Snow from... Um, <laughs> 
from Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. That's Jon Snow, the British newsreader. Yeah. Who, Weirdly, we meant, th- mentioned last week. <laughs> yes. I mean, th- it, that was bizarre. I don't think, you know, his ties are a talking point in, in British society, are they? No. I well, mean, if you watch Channel 4 News, you're probably aware socks? that he wears brightly coloured ties, but I don't know, but it was ridiculous. So that's that's the first thing that, that hits you about British design is a someone's tie. So you then so and you walk around this this gallery uh, area and there's all these private rooms off there where there's lots of interesting things looking like there's going on inside, but you're not allowed in them. Mm. Um, and then you go up to the next floor and everything's hidden away. Yeah. You, you wouldn't know there were any exhibits apart from one small panelled wall. Um, on the right-hand side, it, there's just this giant graphic, which is um, Myerskoff graphic, which is fantastic, isn't it? It's like just like yeah, a billboard uh, rotating, you know, one of those Toblerone yeah, things that turns. Kind of a typical, bold, geometric, colourful it, design. It's beautiful. And I like, I think I'm in the in my, my notes I've put, it's the only bit that's a, a little bit fun and playful in the entire place everything else is so stiff and kind of academic feeling yeah there's no celebration of british design uh, or the history of the printed word or print in any way shape or form and i know i'm biased because i come from that background but that's so important isn't it that's what though you know that's those are the ideas that carried across europe that changed society that enabled us to learn and you know started the renaissance and started the golden period of expansion and you know invention and all the things that make great products mm. there's none of that excitement or joy no, graphics and print is is woefully underrepresented yeah i think they've been to like somewhere like the bauhaus institute in uh, in berlin which is again it's just very dry um yeah. and and uh i imagine it's a mecca for academics to go and uh talk and scratch their beards i'm sure uh, yeah there were a lot of uh gray-haired men in heavy black rim glasses and i'm not just talking about myself <laughs> but no it was it was it was really disappointing but that said there are nuggets of lovely things in there there are and they make it you know they made it worthwhile didn't they there's little beautiful little bits so what were your what were your standouts uh there's a wall of olivetti um of all the beautiful posters from the 1950s and 60s of the advertising for their typewriters and then in three perspex cases unfortunately one of them there was empty <laughs> but there's those beautiful um i don't know what this, what's the model called uh, oh, uh, uh i completely it's forgotten it's not princess is it uh, they're almost like almost like i said you know they're almost like the imax of the uh of the 50s yeah uh, they're really... absolutely stunning but it was just it was really simply presented yeah um and very clear you could you know you could see what was going on there um and they just looked absolutely fantastic yeah but where was the celebration uh, of like you know david gentleman or uh, yeah. you know classic or ruskin or william morris or any was... any of that there's almost no historical context to anything, was there? No. When you had, you know, there was that kind of one bit where it's it's got all these kind of electronic devices, and it, there's a little bit of a kind of a, a timeline to that. Um, but yeah, nothing's really in context, um, and some bits just, you know, there's a little bit on 3D printing, but it's almost like a little afterthought they've got a big 3d printer churning out something slowly and then a 
three shelves with some 3D printed bits on it. Yes. It's like, well, it just doesn't tell me anything. No. Um, and then you've got a, a sort of a, a studio off to one side, which is shut, um, that you'd have thought, where's the life here? Where's the, where's the working studio? Why don't they get yeah. a design student or design a, I'm sure, I'm sure they do. And I'm sure there are regular visits, but why not have a permanent design team in there? It'd be brilliant, wouldn't it, to have yeah. a little in-house design team? Yeah. It would be, um, and I'm sure they they you know they ramp it up for educational visits, but mm. it wasn't there um, when we were there. And it just felt dead. It did, uh, sadly. And there, was, and there was quite a few people in, so it's not. It wasn't. You know, it didn't feel like that because we were the only two people walking around. Yeah. But yeah, it was very cold and unwelcoming. So um, yeah, well, I don't want to. I don't want to come across super negative about it. Um, I wanted to enjoy it. Um, yeah. I want to. I want to have a space that celebrates design, but at the moment, I think in in its current um, iteration, it's it's not doing it for me. Mm. Maybe they just don't have the exhibits. Yeah, we talked about that, didn't we? Whether or not they've they've got kind of an archive of stuff because you we uh, we popped to the Natural History Museum afterwards, uh, and then we saw a, a, a caption on one of their exhibits saying these these. 12 or 13 items or whatever have been pulled from our 70 million uh, items. And you think, well, if the, if the design museum's got, got 700, I'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, they're not a publicly funded uh, body. And so, you know, they're not going to have the cash or the, or the historical. And it's, and it's uh, new. You know, yeah. The, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, when you, when you go to that, just, just the room, um, what was it called? The room that it's we called went the to? Treasures. In? In the um, Natural History Museum. Yeah, so it's a it's a room, and they've they've pulled together some of their key exhibits. I think it's twelve or fifteen exhibits. It's uh, absolutely brilliantly done. Um, yeah, it's you know beautiful lighting. So just the elements uh, that you are focusing on at the time are lit. Uh, the touch screen and uh, there's interactive things that you can um, that you can touch. And you can, uh, they have sort of uh, models of all of the exhibits. So, for example, if it's a skull, there's a, an actual resin skull that you can touch and feel. Um, and, and you just feel immersed. It's an immersive experience. And that's where the design museum could uh, benefit from going, mm. you know, from looking at things like that, where you are actually immersing yourself in design. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the history associated with those things in the Natural History Museum does lend kind of instant gravitas to things doesn't it which yeah kind of more modern stuff doesn't have so maybe they have to work a little bit harder in that respect but but yeah it's the natural history museum is a fantastic example of how to how to do a museum but the you know the design museum is free and um if you are in that area and you're doing some of the museums or you're doing the vna which is has become a lot more design focused in the last yep. few years um, and doing it much better than the design museum, I'm afraid to say. But yeah. it's still worth popping in there, isn't it? It is. And if you're a Ferrari fan, their next exhibition is about um, Ferrari. Yeah. So uh, or if you're a of... fan of expensive jigsaws. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All designers love uh, love thinking about those gradient jigsaws that you can get that just have a, like a black to white gradient for you to uh, put together. And they were extortionate, weren't they? Yeah, Twenty-five so, and forty quid, and yeah, I, the shop I, is eye-wateringly expensive. I bought a very nice um, uh, cast concrete letter K for my daughter, though, which yeah, is very, which is very nice. 
um, like that a lot. And I like the shop, and it's just full of you know design porn books that uh, uh, I've, I've uh, you know I, I'm not going to buy because they're too distracting. Yeah, but much of it on shelves that are too high for most <laughs> yeah. people to reach. Well, uh, Rob will vouch for my shortness. <laughs> I nearly killed myself with a very heavy book on Scandinavian but print. Five ten, I could barely reach <laughs> some of the stuff. It's crazy. Again, it's just it's like they haven't thought that anyone else is is going to want to interact with anything, mm. including the things they're selling. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Uh, have you got a website of the week, John? Uh, no, not really. But I've got a. Um, I followed a link. Uh, a guy, um, Dan Mickelson, who's a, a musician, uh, has just got a new album out, and he followed. He had a, an email out on Friday and put a, a link to a Huffington Post. How to make the perfect old fashioned. Oh, man. It's good to end on an old fashioned, isn't it? And it is actually it's quite a good yeah. article. Bloody love an old fashioned. <laughs> yeah, marvelous. Uh, my website of the week is the Project Apollo archive. So, this is uh, all the photographs that NASA has from, from all of its missions are um, publicly available through um, the NASA website. But this guy has pulled all the stuff from. Apollo, the Apollo missions together in uh, one place on Flickr. And it's fantastic. It's just an amazing resource. Um, the photographs are beautiful. And they've got this, most of them were taken with Hasselblad um, cameras. And they have this beautiful, almost sort of low contrast feel to them that is just gorgeous you know the i don't know if it's because the age of some of these photographs but the blacks aren't black they're kind of off black and they're just really quite moving some of these images so if you're a space fan or a photography fan have a look at the project apollo archive on Flickr. is well worth a gander Mm. some really really lovely stuff yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, the the, the black black's only about eighty percent black, isn't it? Yeah, but it works really well. I think it's just that the pictures haven't been, you know, tweaked. Yeah, they're just so uh, atmospheric. Really. They're insane, aren't they? Mm. Yeah. Really lovely. Great pie. Yeah, I've got a, uh, a Sainsbury's Taste the Difference uh, beef pie. I think I've had the beef and ale one of these. Uh, they're kind yeah, of they're like good, aren't they? star shaped high on top yeah um, or like the top of a mont blanc pen you know yes uh yeah so i'm going in it's chuffing hot <laughs> <laughs> it's been in the oven for an hour because it was frozen um I, i'm not hungry at all because i had lunch <laughs> earlier and then um, yeah we had a decent lunch didn't we in the in the scarsdale pub off just off Kensington oh, well, good good pub uh, yeah food was all right but the uh, great yeah. pub Decent pint and a, and a very warm welcome. Oh, yeah. mm. <clears throat> I'm going in. I'm in. You're in. How is it? Oh, oh. I got a big bit of gristle. Oh, nice. Mm. Um, it's 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 quite a dry pie inside. Pastry is really good. It's like a really good short crust, thick pastry with gooey bits mm. on the bottom, and the beef. It's too hard to say. Too hot to say. Um, yeah, no flavour. Needs lots of pepper and salt. Uh, it's a as as ever. It's a five. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I've got a 
a bog standard Sainsbury's individual pork pie, uh, and it's uh, kind of looks all right. It's not, you know, there's a you can tell there's a bit of moisture in the pastry, and it's got uh, it's got good jelly content, which is uh, is great. It's really quite good. I get benefits from being out of the fridge for an hour, so you can, the kind of flavours are a bit more present. It's pretty good. It's a again like many pot too many pot pies. It's the meat's too finely minced, so there's no texture to it. Um, but it tastes all right. It's slightly slightly peppery and that kind of sweet saltiness of the the jelly. That's good. I think as uh, as those little supermarket pork pies go that's that's not a bad one so that'll get a six ah well on your um mincing uh <laughs> complaints <laughs> um uh well we should call it a day i mean we've we've done our yeah. shortest episode in many a month yeah well, that's Maybe. not bad yeah i like i like it i like it nice and short Something and sweet brevity and wit isn't there yeah uh yeah, yeah. um so we next week we uh, we invite your questions. Um, we'll be putting this out on Twitter and all those usual things. Um, but yeah, we'd really welcome uh, any questions or uh, yeah suggestions that you might have. Yeah, about anything at all. Stuff yeah. we've talked about. Stuff you want us to talk about. The podcast. But the stuff you don't want us to talk about. John's height. Uh, my beard. Anything. <laughs> Knock yourselves out. Yeah. Uh, and have a good weekend, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. And you Thanks too. Yeah, right. you, John. Take Cheerio. care. Bye. Sequence stars with no good for making car